welcome back to For Real, our podcast about documentaries. I'm Matt, and today I'm joined by yet another of the string of co-hosts I've had. This is a this is an older co-host, probably the the oldest one so far. It's actually it's actually Special K. Uh, he's Yo. not dead. He's not dead, as I've been telling you all. He's voluntarily placed himself in witness protection after he reported on an eight-year-old trying to steal a candy bar at the local market. Uh, police told him that was totally unnecessary, but Kay's final words before disappearing for eight weeks was, that's the only eight-year-old I've ever seen with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, what's up, everybody? I am back. I am back. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, Matt. You, uh, you held it down while I was gone. Thank you very much to all of our uh, guest hosts. Uh, I just want you to know that you'll never be me. You can never fill my shoes and I will kill all of you on the battlefield. And you're welcome back anytime. Of course. Of course. Welcome <laughs> to come back whenever you want. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I appreciate everybody coming on. That was awesome. Uh, you guys had some great episodes. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy, happy to be back. A little tired. Um, for those who aren't aware or didn't listen or whatever, I, uh, I'm a new father, so that's a, that's a wonderful experience so far. I, I still haven't seen this baby. I suspect it is not real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's about eight, eight weeks old now. However, yep. I'm, look, I'm looking at Special K right now, and I don't know. He sort of looks like he just escaped a refugee camp. So, you know, yeah. it could be possible. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all, all the, I mean all, of all the things you said I was doing, you know, dying on Mount Everest, dying on a, on a – Gay boat cruise, dying hey, I, in a hey, lion I ne- cage. I never said it was a gay boat cruise. I oh, just sorry. said it was a single men under 40 boat cruise. Gotcha. 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 It was implied. Um, it was implied. It was implied. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't say that I was, you know, volunteering for the um the International Federation uh Ukraine Defense Force, um, oh. killing some Russians, but I mean, I feel like that just that just started happening. I mm-hmm. actually at one point sat down and wrote out a list of your your deaths. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, man. Yeah, I have this. We have this kid, and then World War Three breaks out. So, and I'll happen. and I'll say that uh, she's cute as hell, and she's a handful, but she's an absolute liability come World War Three. It is going to be a pain in the ass. With a, I've got a, a I got a engine. big backpack that you can carry her in. <laughs> I'm gonna have to move you. Right. Yeah. Big backpack. You throw a pillow in there, she'll be good as new. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, it feels good. It feels good to be back. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it now. Uh, so the day my kid was born, like literally minutes before she came came to into this world, somebody was like, "We just got Osama bin Laden." Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I have to say, and, and right after right after yours, we had World War Three break out. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking. Maybe my kids are luckier than yours. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yours was a net positive. Um, yeah. Th- this is this is, wolf. Some rough rough times over there. To all of our Ukrainian yeah. listeners, fight the good fight. We're not listening now. They don't have any internet. Unless, and then to all our Russian listeners, go fuck yourselves. Unless you guys win, in which case, good job. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> They have Matt, Matt, they have more nukes than we do. You gotta be nice. <laughs> and they have a crazier person with his finger on the button, too. Now, right now they do. Right now. A couple of years ago, different story. 
couple two yeah. years from now, who knows? But all right, so <laughs> so let's go, let's get into it. Let's get into the. All right, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about this documentary because it was such a huge huge deal while I was gone. So I want to make sure you this, covered this. This one. was a gigantic documentary. I, I would say this was at least as big as Tickled, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you missed that documentary, by the way. Yeah, I got to watch it. I got to watch you it. Do. Today, we're doing our episode on Tinder Swindler. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a huge documentary right now. And in the first 20 minutes of this, I could not figure out why. <laughs> I was I was like this. I was watching it and I was like, of course, Kay first comes back and he gives me a fucking homework assignment. <laughs> this is unbearable to watch. But it got a lot better after the first 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Tinder Swindler starts off with Cecilie, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her last name. It's Norwegian, and mm-hmm. uh, it it's, uh, it's spelled and pronounced funny. That's what yes. I'll say. Too many consonants in a row, not enough vowels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was not good. So can, can we buy a vowel here? <laughs> uh, so she's from Norway. She lives in London. And uh, when she... When she's kind of introduced, I feel like she spent like five minutes talking about like how she loves love, mm-hmm. and uh, which I thought like that it was like five minutes, and I was like, okay, uh, I've heard way too much from her already that is not interesting. Like, I get what the, what the setup is for, but I was also like, this has just gone on way too far. Yeah, they're letting you know that she's you know she's she's hopeful, she's optimistic, she's looking for love. Well, why you wouldn't know? she be? You That's know? Well, listen, but to listen, okay, let's just get us out the gate. Let's just get this out of the way. Okay. I am not of the Tinder generation. All right. I, I got, I got in a relationship, like, I don't know, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half before the Tinder really took off. And so I never experienced the online dating, like the Tinder stuff. In fact, back in, back in my day, special K old man time here uh, back in my day, it was almost like frowned upon to meet people on the internet. Like it was almost like an embarrassment if you yeah. met strangers online. Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, when people used to make fun of other people for meeting people online. Yeah. And now, now it's just, it happens every day. And I, I can't imagine doing that because I also was not part of the online dating. Uh, I was already, I was already married when that happened. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, for my take on what this is, I feel like people use it as like, well, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for love. I think it's a more effective tool if you're looking for lust. I don't know that you're going to find it. And listen, not to say you can't. Some people do. I I personally, we we know people who have met on Tinder, the exact app, and have fallen in love and had, you know, got married, started families. Like, so it happens. I'm not saying it's impossible. Captain Pickle, Captain Pickle and her new boo. Okay, so there you go. There's a success success story right there. A success story right there. <laughs> so <laughs> but, yeah, okay. But Let I me... think it's I think it's I think it's mostly for hooking up. I, I, I'm gonna preface all this whole documentary on yeah, these these girls that are looking for like a soulmate on this platform. That in my eyes, in my opinion, what I've seen again from a distance, that this is mostly for people like to send nudes to each other and occasionally hook up for random carefree, no strings attached sex, which, Hey, which, I'm not hating. I'm just saying that's, that's what yeah. it's, it is. It, you know, I, I feel like with this new online 
well, it's not new. I guess it's been going on for like over a decade. I feel like with the online dating, as far as like, hey, let's just meet and hook up. I feel like that's a lot more honest. Because, I mean, you remember back in the day, you go out at the bar and you have that one buddy that tells every girl he meets that he wants to fall in love and, you know, he wants to meet her parents or whatever. And then as soon as they hook up, he never talks to her again. Mm-hmm. There's one of those guys in every crowd. But with the new online thing, you can just say, hey, I'm looking for some casual fun. Somebody goes, well, I'm looking for casual fun. And you don't have to, you know, there's none of those lies. I'm mm-hmm. sure people still do lie, but. Well, yeah, actually, there's a whole documentary about it. Yeah, there's a whole documentary <laughs> that we just watched, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right, that's good. All right, good. sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, so, Cecilie, uh, Cecile, Cecile? I, had, I wrote down the Norwegian. I couldn't keep track of their names. Okay, so, so I'm going to say she's Cecilie. Cecilie had been on Tinder for seven years, mm-hmm. which seems like a, a long time to me, but. Uh, she had over a thousand matches. Yeah, I don't know what a match is. I'm yeah, assuming so if, like so both, right? Yes, you both both indicate interest in the other, right? Okay, and that's based on a picture and reading a profile. Yeah, yeah. So, anywho, one of her matches was with a guy named Simon Lviv. She said Simon had the kind of look she liked. She, he had he like wore a lot of suits. Uh, it looked like he had a lot of experiences in his life because she looked him up on Instagram. There's all this crazy stuff of him mm-hmm. climbing mountains and. Flying in private planes and that shit, yeah. Just spending spending lots of money. So she swiped right. He immediately asked her to meet up for coffee because he's leaving for London the next day. So she met him for coffee at the Four Seasons Hotel. He tells her he's the CEO of a diamond company. Uh, He's got a two-year-old daughter. uh, And he's the heir to, what was it? LLC Diamond something? The Lviv Diamond family. He has some name for the diamond company something diamonds llc or something yeah so after they're they have an hour-long coffee together uh he asked her he said he's going to bulgaria for a business trip and asked her if she wanted to come with him mm-hmm. after an hour coffee meet mm-hmm. i feel like this is a setup to have your organ sold in some mm-hmm. third world country yep uh he had a rolls royce take her back to her home to get her stuff they then got on a private jet with him, his team, and his daughter and her mother, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess he told her they just they didn't work out, so they're just friends now. Yeah, I think I think I think the way she said it was uh, was YOLO was her was her thoughts. Yeah, uh, which uh, I mean, Liam Neeson would be very disappointed in this girl for getting on a fucking plane. He's going to Eastern uh, Europe. I was uh, gonna this say has, this has being sex trafficked written all over it. Had, had she not seen Taken? Yeah. <laughs> Was that not released in Norway? So they get to Bulgaria. They spend the day together. Everything's going great. Her and Simon end up sleeping together. Mm-hmm. After they slept together, he started getting a lot of calls and told her he thought it would be best if she went home. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to London. They keep communicating. He got her address. And he sends her this huge bouquet of flowers. And basically, I mean, he was gone a lot. Like, he was not around it was like he'd be gone for a couple weeks at a time he'd show up uh they'd hang out probably do stuff to each other and then he'd he'd split again after this been going on for about a month he asked her if she wanted to be his his girlfriend what which okay as somebody that has not dated in 13 years now 14 years is that is that a conversation people still have where it's like do you want to be my boyfriend 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think people like, I think at some point you have to have the conversation of like, what is this? Some people are like, well, I don't like labels, but I think at some point you do have to have a conversation about like, Hey, I'm not going to smash my genitals with anybody else's genitals other than yours. Is that, do you feel, is that the same thing or do you feel something different? I mean, are, eventually are we, you have to yeah. have that conversation. I think, I think, I mean, to each his own yeah. or have the conversation. Do you like getting tickled is another one. Uh, which I just le- recently learned about. Thank you, Paige. <laughs> the nightmares were not worth it. <laughs> so he told her that he had a big diamond deal going on. It's worth $70 million. And he had been getting a lot of threats from people in the industry, people in the country that he was trying to do this in. And he needed to stay away from her for a little while because of all the threats and he wanted to keep her safe. Uh, during this time though, she did find out because she couldn't get a hold of him for a while she found him that he was using Tinder again, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously this guy is smooth because I feel like if you're seeing somebody and they're gone for a long time and then you see him on Tinder, I feel like that's pretty much the final nail in the coffin, you know? Well, what was she doing on Tinder? I mean, she, I, mean, I guess she'd say she was just spying yeah, on him. But yeah, I mean, in reality, though, is she starting to look elsewhere as well? I mean, listen... You start disappearing for long periods of time, and I guess I, well, I guess they did have the "we're not going to smash genitals with other people" conversation, yeah. but allegedly, just, allegedly they had that conversation. <laughs> okay, at this point, it kind of skips over. There's another woman named Pernilla, something with too many vowels again, mm-hmm. was on Tinder and found Simon. Uh, they went on a date. He tried to make a move. It did not go well, uh-uh. and uh, they decided to stay friends. But it was essentially the same story. They'd go out, they'd party. He'd spend a lot of money everywhere. They had fun together, but supposedly it wasn't a physical relationship. Yeah, she said it wasn't romantic. Uh, she oh. had no romantic feelings with him, but uh, they stayed in touch because she thought he was like a great guy. They clicked, but it just she didn't have those feelings towards him, uh, supposedly. Cecily uh, is this is still continuing on with Simon. They're talking a lot. You know, you get the, it's the, it's the young love. You're getting texts in the morning. You're getting texts at night and all through the day. You're talking all the time. You wake up. Hey, sweetie, good morning. I love you. You, you know, shoot that little text. You go to bed at night. Hey, I love you. I miss you. Blah, blah, blah. You, you get off the phone. No, you hang up. No, you yeah. hang up. No, there was, yeah. I, I uh, <laughs> There's a lot of that, that those shenanigans going on. Well, Cecilia and Simon decided to move in together. So she's out there shopping for apartments and stuff. And he says that their limit is $15,000 a month. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, and to be clear, like he's not there with her. He like basically tells her over the phone, like, Hey, I can't come around for these security reasons, but hey, I, to be sure how committed I am with you, go ahead and sign a lease for us. And uh, we'll live together when I come back to London. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah $15,000 not- $15, a month is the budget, which she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. $15,000 a month. I would just, Buy a house and pay uh, off the loan piece by piece. <laughs> Come on. Uh, one night, Cecilia's laying in bed and she gets pics in the middle of the night of Simon's bodyguard who is just all kinds of fucked up. Looks like he uh, got whacked over the head with something. He was bleeding from there. He's kind of just covered in blood and looked like he was pretty beat up. Uh, Simon tells her he was attacked. He's in danger and the police don't want him using his credit cards. Uh-huh. And this is... is basically how the story goes this is yeah this is where it starts this is where it starts uh spoiler alert 
don't know if you could tell by the title of the Tinder swindler, but Simon's not a good guy. <laughs> uh, so at this point, he asks her to use her cards for a few weeks just because he can't access his accounts. You know, he's got to pay his team. He's got to pay for planes. She sends him her cards and he maxes it out like pretty much immediately, uh-huh. which is understandable because as a reasonable person, she doesn't, you know, this guy's throwing around money like crazy. She doesn't have $30,000 on her credit card. So he maxes it out pretty immediately. Um, she starts taking out loans for him. And eventually he asked her to come to Amsterdam and bring $25,000. Because of course this guy's like not staying like, he's not staying in like cheap ass places. He's like living a lifestyle, right? So he claims yeah. he has to have like first class accommodations for him and his entire team. He has to have, you know, first class tickets on airplanes. He's flying everywhere and all this crazy shit. I mean, yeah, he's just like burning through cash. She goes to Amsterdam to bring $25,000. Uh, she does, he gets a call about security, about a security threat and he leaves. Now, let me just say that at this point he has paid her back at least once and he paid her more than what she owed him. And I'm assuming he did this to inspire a level of trust in her that he's always going to get her back and more. Mm-hmm. Well, so when she gives me to Amsterdam, uh, she gives him the $25,000 uh, he gets a call where his security team's like, you need to shut off the lights. They found us. You need to leave. Uh, and he leaves. Well, when he leaves, he goes and meets up with uh, Pernilla in uh, the Mykonos. Mykonos? Islands? Mm-hmm. And when he goes to meet up with her, he's with his new Russian girlfriend, Polina. During this point, he's 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 still lying to Cecilia obviously, and probably 38 other women uh, saying he can't meet up there because of security. And while he's doing this, he's partying with Pernilla and Polina. He keeps squeezing Cecilia for more and more and more money. She's taking large amounts of money to keep, she's taking large loans to keep giving money. She says she owes like nine different credit companies. Yeah. She said she, in all, in all she had $250,000 in, in loans. loans with nine different banks. And what's even crazy, what's also crazy is like right before he went to Greece, uh, he maxed out her Amex card and they wouldn't increase her limit because like she didn't, she couldn't show proof of funds to warrant such a high credit limit. Oh, I forgot about this. So Simon fraudulently says, well, I'm going to put you on the payroll for my diamond company and I'm going to send you pay stubs and you can send those to American Express and they'll up your credit limit. And so he he fraudulently puts her on you know his company, quote unquote, his company's payroll and sends her pay subs showing that she's making $94,000 a month. And she sends that to the credit card company to increase the limits. Um, so essentially she becomes, I guess we'll talk about it more later, but she becomes party, party to, a fraud, to fraud. And that's fraudulent. Yeah. And she knew it was that's fraudulent because she wasn't getting paid. She knew she wasn't making the kind of money. So she becomes like part of, you know, an accomplice in his fraud. But anyway, yeah, so she's, she's in big time debt over about a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, obviously she's in full panic mode at this point because uh-huh. I mean, although I feel like once you get past $200,000 in debt, I feel like I'd be so dead inside that I wouldn't even, I'd be like, I'd just be drinking all the time just to. I mean, at some point, I think you kind of, there's probably like a threshold you cross 
where, where it's like, like yeah, yeah, I'm never gonna pay. I'll never pay it back. So it's almost like fuck yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, like if you like come get it, like I don't have it, so you can't take half of nothing kind of situation. So yeah, exactly. You know, so at some point, I think there is like a huge critical mass in debt, and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you. I'm not paying you. I can't pay you. You know, I can't pay you. What are you gonna do to me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, so silly uh, is expressing her concern to Simon on a regular basis about how much money she owes, how she needs money. He agrees to meet with her in Amsterdam and give him, give her a check for $500,000. He'll cover, you know, how much he owes her and then what, you know, or, um, so she meets up with him in Amsterdam. She says they seemed very cold with each other. It was not a good time. She takes the $500,000 and she leaves. A couple days later, the money is still not in her account. And she calls the bank and they said they wouldn't take the money. She called Simon and he's just an asshole to her. Like, I don't understand. You know, I give you the money. So it's basically like not my problem anymore. Well, to be clear, he gives her a check. He doesn't give her cash. He writes yeah, her He writes exactly. her a check from his business and the yeah. bank refuses to cash the check. Which a check for $500,000, I can't even comprehend. <laughs> like, What's the, t- what's the teller like? Do you want that back in ones or <laughs> are you doing 20s today? How, how are we doing this? Um, she calls American. So Celie realizes that she's not getting any money at this point. She's finally come to the realization that Simon's a piece of shit. So she calls, starts calling her, her creditors. One of them is American Express. And this is crazy. She called American Express, explained what happened. And they sent some people over to talk to her. Yeah, listen, which, you you know you fucked up when the credit card company sends people. Like yeah, you, like you, your house. Yeah, you fucked up. up. Yeah, you fucked yeah, up. You're, you're not in a good place. Well, they still, they show up, and uh, she explains them what happens, and she go and they go, "Can you show us a picture of Simon?" And she does, and they both nod and uh, say, "Yeah, that's him." Also, a bad moment in your life. I'm sure when you hear that, you're just like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> well, it turns out uh, they told so they tell her, you know, this guy uses a ton of different aliases. He does this to people all the time. How, the American Express card people know this guy. Yeah, just that's bad. That's real bad. Yeah, I, I think what it goes to show, and I don't maybe people don't. Well, I, I'm sure some people know this, but like, so the, the loss prevention industry, like obviously, like law enforcement, which is like government officials and that shit. But there's like a whole section of the private sector. Um, of loss prevention and all these people they all know each other they all know the big players like it's i think people would be surprised to know just how much intelligence uh these companies have about like thieves and con artists and stuff like walmart knows who's stealing from them all the time they might not catch the teenagers stealing the candy bar but the big rings of shoplifters and shit they know the credit card companies they know the fucking con artists like they fucking they know whether they can catch them or not different story but they they kind of figure out who everybody is it's actually pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's 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 shocking. Um, so she then decides that she's completely done with Simon, obviously, because she realizes what's going on and she's in full panic mode. She blocks his number. And then she goes to her mom's house. She calls her mom. Her mom says, you need to come home with me. So she goes back to Norway. And then Simon starts calling her mother's house mm-hmm. and like threatening her, which is crazy to me because I feel like if she blocks your number and you stole $250,000 from her, wouldn't you just call it a day? But like, well, I guess I'll move on to the next mark. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think maybe because he was afraid that he was going to get in trouble, that she was going to like turn on him. 
I mean, listen, this is a big control thing for this guy, obviously. So for him to have like a, a loose end, I imagine is probably like harrowing for him. Yeah, I'm um, sure that made him pretty anxious. But I mean, listen, it got so extreme that she actually like checked herself into the psych ward <laughs> because she oh, couldn't, yeah. she couldn't handle it anymore. You know, because yeah, he they, was just they, badgering the shit out of her, and she owed so much in debt. Well, yeah, I mean, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. You're gonna end up in a in an institution at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so they called the police because he was threatening them. Police didn't seem to give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Kay said, Seely buried under debt goes to a mental institution. During this time. Simon's still in contact with Pernilla and he shows her a bunch of news articles that I'm assuming he forged saying his family was being investigated and that all of his accounts were frozen. He asked uh, her to borrow. I what? think that the, I think the stories were real about that, about that family. But the problem is, mm-hmm. is he's not part of that family. So I think he's, he used like actual stories in the newspaper to show her like, Hey, my accounts are frozen. Um, but in reality, like his, his, he wasn't, listed explicitly in the newspaper story as being involved in any of this so i think yeah. he kind of just p- piggybacked that as part of his own story i think i'm well i i in in that case i'm impressed he recovered from his fake family's loss so quickly oh yeah I mean, he really seemed to land on his feet well he tells pernilla that all of his accounts are frozen he needs to borrow thirty thousand dollars she does look this is just it's it's the same story over and over again with different people Mm-hmm. Simon's ripping people off left and right. At this point, Cecily gets out of the institution she was in, contacts American Express again, and they tell her to look up the name Shaiman Hayut. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finds an article about an Israeli multimillionaire that cheated on three different women, or he cheated three different women. It was in Finnish. Uh, he ended up going to jail for three years. Mm-hmm. In, Cecily, 20, in 2015. Yes. So this is many years later, obviously. And Cecily decides that what she needs is to stop him again. She needs to help bring him down because she's tired of this. And she keeps thinking about all the other women involved. Uh, She gets the name of the three Finnish women. And the third woman that she looks up is the mother of Simon's child. The woman they traveled on the plane with that Mm -hmm. Cecily met. Uh, That was one of the women that he had already ripped off heavily mm-hmm. and she's just kind of working for him which is crazy that was kind of crazy for me yeah and they don't really ever explain how that is or how that came to be but i mean basically yeah one of his victims one of his finished victims ends up i guess being a baby mama for him and then she like you know according to the norwegian girl here i mean during their first date where we if she flew to wherever um you know, she was about how great of a father he was and how great of a man he was. So she's definitely in on it because she's definitely, I mean, she knows the truth about him. Uh, and so she's, and she sees this girl's a mark that he's basically taking trying to take advantage of. So she's definitely complicit. I mean, she, she's definitely a, a co-conspirator in the fraud. I just don't, they don't really explain or know how, because maybe they don't know how yeah. it is that she came around and ended up becoming a helper of his in this. So Cecily goes to the biggest uh, newspaper in Norway to tell them her story. She shows them all the messages back and forth they've got. And this includes pictures and stuff like that, which I'm sure there was naughty pictures in there. I'm sure there were naughty pictures in there. Yeah, I mean, she kind of alludes to that. She's like, you know, it's kind of, you know, to basically hand over your your entire relationship that you have with this person to a journalist. 
was like embarrassing, but she knew like she had to do it to stop him. And I think part of like, and I think she kind of mentions this too, is like part of the reason why she thought she had to go to the newspaper with it is because, you know, law enforcement over, like, they wouldn't do anything. Like nobody would do anything for her. It's almost like kind of like, well, we don't, you know, he's but, wherever, he, he's where he is. We don't, you're here or you're in London or we're, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, well, it's like impossible to have one jurisdiction check this guy down. Exactly. And I'm sure all the cops were like, this happened in five different countries. How do you want us to, how do you want us right. to prosecute him? You right. know? So, like I said, she tells the whole story to this, these, these reporters who are just astounded by this whole thing. They contact, they end up contacting um, a, a reporter in Israel, which is where Shimon Hayat and Simon Lviv both said they were born. And he looks into it and he finds the last known address of uh, Shimon or Hayut. So the reporters all go to Israel to see his last known address. And they're like, he must be living here. They get there and a woman comes up and basically tells him to piss off. Turns out it's Shimon's mother. Mm-hmm. Did, did you notice that she had like some kind of weird posture thing going on? Yeah, I don't know. She has some kind of, um, I mean, she's an old lady. She has some kind of disability thing. I'm not sure. I don't um, know. But, but I mean, I thought... he, he definitely lived like in a, he's from like a, it was like looked a to be apartment. Yeah. yeah, it looked, looked to be a, a poorer area in Israel. Uh, I don't know exactly where, what neighborhood it was, but it looked to be um, like a low-income kind of housing situation. They, they, they said they left one of the reporters in the car in case they had to run out quickly, <laughs> which is red flags all around. Uh, so Shimon's mother told them that he had changed his name to Laviv, like Simon Laviv, and that she hadn't had any contact with him since he turned 18. Uh, they then went to the police in the area and they confirmed it. Turns out he was wanted for stealing checks uh, when he was really young. And then he, when, when his court date was, he never showed up because he had forged a passport and fled the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like a known fraudster and con artist. Even while he was a teenager, he was like ripping people off. While Cecilie and the reporters are tracking down all this information, good old Simon or or Hayut or whatever his name was, he's continuing to scam Pernilla. Uh, he gets $10,000 more from her. He promises money is on the way. And then when she never got the money, she said that's because they froze his account. So he's going to fly her to him to get a watch that was worth over a hundred thousand dollars. I always wonder this. Why in the world would you want a watch that costs over a hundred thousand dollars? I know it's just a status thing. It's like people that drive four, Four hundred thousand dollar vehicles. Mm-hmm. It's just about status, but what? I don't. I don't get it. I think that's it. I think it's just like a flashy. That's why people wear like, you know, like Gucci belts and stuff, like these accessories that cost crazy amounts of money. It's just, I think it's like, it's like a status thing. It's to show like I have so much money that I can just put a hundred grand on my wrist. You know, it doesn't even. I don't even feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm I'm walking around with, with somebody's house value on my wrist. It's like a, it's a flex, you know. It's a major flex thing. Um, I, uh, I I don't know why I, I don't know why you would agree, accept that as payment. <laughs> I don't know why that's yeah. like a good idea to you. Like, okay, yeah, you owe me a lot of money. Why don't you give me a watch? I guess it's worth more than what at this point he owed her. He yeah. owed her, but, but still. But we're and we're gonna talk about that later because yeah, yeah. I, I do want to touch base on on. Oh, anyway, 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 anyway. So, I I didn't really catch how they did this, but this the journal the journalists or the reporters somehow managed to find out that Pernilla was one of the people that was getting scammed. 
So how they did this, uh, from my understanding, my recollection, is that when they were looking through the documents from the Norwegian girl, they found her name on an airplane ticket that was purchased with the first girl's card. And that's kind of how they figured it out. Like the journalists kind of pieced out together. It's essentially a big Ponzi scheme where he'll take money from woman A, he'll spend it on woman B, and he'll take money from woman B and spend it on woman C. So it's like you keep the money flowing. So it's like you're always taking from one to impress the other so you can yeah. take from them and impress the next. And so it's like it's constantly just taking more and more money and kind of just like flowing it down the road. Um, so I, I think that's how they, they figured out who she was and were able to contact her about what was going on. Well, that makes sense. Uh, as much as th- this whole situation made sense. <laughs> um, they talked to Pernilla and they explained to her what's going on. Pernilla obviously gets that sinking feeling in her stomach that she is never going to see any of that money ever again. But she told the reporters, yeah, I'm going to Munich to meet him. He's giving, he's supposed to be giving me a hundred thousand dollar watch. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, we need to find a way to get to Munich. And Pernilla was scared. She's like, I don't want you guys to approach me while I'm with him because I don't want him to know that I, you know, brought you guys along, blah, blah, blah. So they use their iPhones to track Pernilla's m- movements. Uh, she, she texts them like where they're meeting at and everything else. Um, and they go to a, a four-star hotel to have lunch. And as they're leaving the journalists, which I don't understand this, or it must be freaking idiots. They were taking pictures of Simon Simon spots them and he grabs Pernilla and his business partner who kind of just sporadically shows up throughout this documentary. Mm -hmm. They don't really touch on him much, but this mysterious business partner, they all jump up and they all jump in his car and take off really fast. Pernilla knows that she, she fucked up because you know, they're going to catch her now. So she starts screaming, Oh my God, are these people that are looking for you? Like, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, she plays into it. Yeah, she, she plays it yeah, up she, like, oh, this, these must be the guys you've been telling about her, who are after you, which is which yeah. is smart. I mean, I, I, that's, that's quick thinking on her feet. Yeah. Well, she, he's like, no, these are the people that are looking for me. And she said, do you think they saw me? And he's like, no. And she said, okay, uh, pull over really quick. I'm going to jump out um, so they don't know I'm with you, which he did. So she got she got away. With, uh, with, with the fake watch. <laughs> with, with the With the watch. Which turns out to be fake and not worth anything. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> uh, Pernilla goes back to Norway with the reporters. She calls Simon and he knows everything. He threatens her and then he gets off the phone with her. It wasn't really that exciting of a phone conversation. She's like, I know. And he was like, you don't know anything. It's all made up, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a liar lying. You know, mm-hmm. it's what you'd expect from these kind of phone calls. Uh, so then the this gigantic newspaper in Norway print and put like post the story about Simon mm-hmm. and it goes huge. I mm-hmm. mean, it was like, in, it's shown up in all these different countries. Simon is effectively, not, you know, no longer able to scam people because of this story, which is just blowing up everywhere. It's showing his face, it's showing his partners, it's telling what he did. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy, and I mm-hmm. guess during this whole thing, victims all over the world, uh, victims of his bullshit, were contacting this news, this newspaper company. Like, yeah, he got me too. You know, mm-hmm. I took ten thousand dollars of my dog. You know, it's 
a bunch of crazy shit. Well, they think they said that he had there's cases came through where he had like open open investigation, like criminal cases in seven countries were looking at him. And they had like voicemails. The newspaper played some like in this documentary here. They played some like voicemails from some people that were calling the newspaper to say, hey, he got me. And they were like, yeah, they were from everywhere. Like, there was like a guy from New York that was like, yeah, Simon took, you know, twenty five thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, And I don't I mean, his diamond company. If you look, like I was paying attention that like the check that he gave to uh, the Norwegian girl, I think his diamond company had an address listed, I think, in Brooklyn, New York. So, I mean, I, he definitely was like all over the place, including here in the States. Uh, it's just, yeah, it was wild. I mean, the guy was, was just all over the fucking not, place. Yeah, he was not fucking around. <laughs> At this point, Simon has a new girlfriend. Well, I guess not even a new girlfriend. He, they, she said they've been dating for 14 months. Yeah, she had been his girl, his one of his girlfriends this entire time. Yeah. Um, well, she she's getting on a plane to go visit him. And she sees his picture online and she clicks on it and it says the tinder swindler and she downloads it and uh she texts the story to simon who immediately is like it's bullshit you know it's not real she gets on the plane she reads through the whole thing it shows pictures it shows text messages and she's looking at this and she's realizing he was sending the same the exact same text messages to her mm-hmm. that he was sending to these other women mm-hmm. which honestly was the only part about this whole thing that impressed me about him I was like, how do you have this many personal, like seemingly personal relationships going on all at the same time? Like, where do you get the time in the day to do that? I, 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 overall, and I guess we'll touch more on this here at the end, towards the end, but overall, I mean, the guy was able to multitask. Let's, I mean, let's just say that he was an, ex- he was extremely good at multitasking. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I would, I mean, that's one of those things you have to, like I said, you have to write down notes, like, okay. <laughs> I call Cecilia this or Cicely this. So his, his new or his girlfriend, whose name was Eileen from uh, Amsterdam, from Amsterdam. And she, she lies to Simon. She's like, uh, yeah, I don't believe any of these bitches. There's a bunch of lies, blah, blah. It's your enemies trying to get you blah, blah, blah. But she decides that she's going to swindle the Tinder swindler, mm-hmm. which is hilarious to me. So he's trapped in Prague. And he's trying to get more money from Eileen so that he can escape. And at one point she, she meets up with him and they stop by a plastic surgeon. And Simon's like, I want you to basically change my entire face. Uh-huh. And the surgeon's like, no, this is something that criminals do. This is only a criminal would want this done, which is, yeah. hilarious, which is hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. Cause, um, Cause the entire time, like she knows, like she knows the truth about him and she's playing him because she works in like the fashion industry, high fashion. And so she knows like he doesn't have any fucking money. And so she's going to like, basically the only way she can get any of her money back is through his clothes. Right. Yeah. She convinces him because he's like, you should sell your car. You should sell your house. And she convinces him, well, I can't do that, but let's, let's sell your designer clothes mm-hmm. and it will make enough money that you can, you know, get a plane ticket out of here and blah, blah, blah. And he's using a different name at this point. It was David Sharon mm-hmm. or Sharon or however they pronounce it over there. So Eileen takes all of his clothes. She's like, I'm going to sell these clothes. I'm going to get the money back to you. She starts selling his clothes and doesn't send him any money. Mm-hmm. And he's like texting her and, and calling her. There's like all these voicemails where he's just losing his mind. 
Yeah, because he's like stealing from them. Yeah, well, and because he's like living in a fucking like a fifteen dollar a night hostel, and he's yeah. eating like fucking garbage, like literally picking food out of the garbage at malls. And, yeah, and um, he's like, I'm gonna be homeless and blah blah. blah you, you know, and, which I, I the whole thing I was like, it's so justified, uh-huh. you know. Uh, so he's losing his mind. He's completely broke. He ends up homeless. Uh, somehow he still managed to get enough money to fly to Greece. But so Eileen goes online and sees what flights are going from Prague to Greece, finds the one that is leaving at the same time he turned off his phone, realizes he has to be on it, contacts Interpol with who he is, what his new alias is, and what plane he's landing on. And as soon as he lands, he gets picked up by the police. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Pretty, I mean, for somebody who is so slick and he's so like well traveled and it's like he became super predictable and that was his downfall. Well, yeah, and that was that was the thing. He was, you know, he's conning all these same people with the same con at once. You know, you, there's gonna be you're gonna slip up at some point, and mm-hmm. sure enough, Eileen was there waiting in the waiting in the wings to get him. Mm-hmm. But uh he gets arrested, he only ends up serving 15 or he gets sentenced to 15 months in jail, only serves seven of it or five of it is what it was. Yeah. But, but that's on the, and that's on the original shit in Israel from back when he was yeah. a kid stealing checks. Yeah. He didn't get any of the other stuff thrown on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a bunch of texts. I got a bunch of pictures of this. It was like the follow-up of, of what happened. So he's released after five months. Since his release, Simon has launched a website offering business advice for a fee. Which mm-hmm. is three hundred eleven dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, his bodyguard, which is a weird, what a random ass amount. Yeah, three hundred eleven. I don't, I don't understand the eleven dollars. Like, why yeah, would I don't? Yeah, I mean, make it two ninety nine ninety nine. You know, fucking yeah. be a businessman. Yeah, uh, Simon's bodyguard and his business partner have never been charged with any illegal activity associated with them. Uh, the mother of Simon's child denies any wrongdoing. Oh, I forgot to. Oh, yeah. Paulina, the Russian girlfriend that Simon had when he was meeting up with Pernilla, uh, they ended up splitting when she found out he was cheating on her. That was the, uh-huh. I guess that was the breaking point. Not that he was swindling millions of dollars out of people. It was that he was also sleeping with other women. Mm-hmm. It's also says Simon has no connection to the Lviv family at all. So much so that he, like in his Tinder profile or some picture he sent his victims, it was like a picture of him with like the guy, the the head of the family and yeah he he had photoshopped himself it was a good photoshop but he had photoshopped himself into a family picture with the dead diamond family to try to like sell it as that was his father you know and it says simon currently lives in israel as a free man yep was how it ended Mm -hmm. oh also he's got a russian uh supermodel girlfriend and he's rich again somehow he's living lavishly yeah I think they said so, he they estimated he had he stole 10 million dollars globally in his little schemes. And yep, now he's still fucking rich. And he uh refused to be in the documentary. And uh for those wondering, the uh, Norwegian girl is uh as of the documentary taping and release is single and still using Tinder. So she's look, a uh, looking to mingle. Yeah, she's uh she's a glutton for punishment apparently. You're going to have to catch the check, though, if you go out, because she still is paying off all the huge amounts of debt <laughs> that uh, Shimon or Simon racked up. Yeah, yeah, she's not going to want to split the check with you. 
So yeah, that was the Tinder Swindler. Now, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Since it's been so long since I've gotten your your glorious opinion on things. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me how you felt about let's see here. I I want to know how you feel about a lot of things, but uh-huh. how did you feel about his victims? Okay. So here's I'll give you my opinion on the story and then the the documentary itself was good. Um, I think it was well done, whatever, but, um, here's the thing, man. And this is our, like, this is our second, I think the last one I was on was also kind of like a con artist thing where the guy was conning people and taking money. And so this, this shit happens. Right. Um, and in that, on with that case, that scenario, I was a little more empathetic towards the victims. Uh, just because it's a little more extreme and it was, it was kind of, it was crazier. This one, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to defend this guy. Okay. At all. So don't, don't, don't twist it that way. I'm not defending Uh-oh. this motherfucker one way or the other. Are you victim shaming? Are you about I'm to not, shame? I'm not about to victim shame. I'm going to hold adults accountable for their actions. Okay. Listen, I get if you lend somebody a hundred dollars and they never pay you back and you felt like well, that's fucked up. Like I gave you a hundred bucks. I can see thousands, a couple thousand dollars and being like, Hey, you know, this guy, I need my, my car broke down, man. Can you give me a couple thousand dollars? Get my car run again, take it to work. And then it's all bullshit. That sucks. But when you're taking out loan after loan after loan and you are willfully and I'm mean, just completely, completely complicit in committing fraud to increase your credit limit so that this motherfucker can run around Europe in first class hotels and first class shit, five-star hotels and first class airline tickets for him and his team. I don't feel bad for you. I don't, I just, I honestly don't. The Norwegian girl, you know, like at first, like I said, the first couple thousand, I can say, okay, you know, whatever. But when you start your nine different banks that you have loans out with, you have maxed out credit cards, like crazy, it's just at some point there's like a limit there's like a line where it gets across it's like okay well you're you're at this point you're a fucking idiot all right <laughs> and and i'll say i'll say this right now and maybe this is even more controversial but the uh, um the stockholm girl i don't feel bad for her at all stockholm yeah the, the girl the, the friendship the platonic friend that that was that got ripped off for like thirty thousand dollars or something like that pernilla uh, yeah i don't feel bad for her at all okay because here's the thing here's here's why and here's my justification okay now, I'm not saying what he did was right because it's wrong, but, but. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, they, so, so he flies her to Amsterdam or whatever to hang out and they have like this night and it's not, she says it's not romantic and that's fine. Okay. And then well, they end up meeting in Greece and when he's with his Russian girlfriend and they're like going around town, like the entire summer, they're hanging out and partying. He's ordering bottle service. They're going to like this nightclub. That's like a, they call it the, the billionaires club. And he's picking up the check every fucking night. Okay. So I understand that he he got like 50 grand from her or something, but let's how much did he spend on her that summer partying? Let's be real here. You know what I mean? So it's like, if anything, he's asking you to pay back what he spent on you. Now I get it. He ripped off somebody else to get that money to spend it on her. But just on this one, you know, scenario, I don't feel bad for her at all. She enjoyed hanging out with him. She enjoyed living that lifestyle. She enjoyed it when he was spending money on her. He asked for some money back and he ran off. That sucks. But at the same time, how much did he spend? How much did he spend on you in Greece? That's all I'm saying. I think it's, I don't feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for her at all. Okay. All right. That's fair. And then the, the girl in Amsterdam, like, you know, 
again, that sucks because it sounds like, you know, he, she thought they were legitimately in a relationship and good on her, good, good on her for this scheme where she's going to steal his clothes and shit and sell them. That's awesome. That's, that's smart as hell. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's hilarious. I, I think watching him squirm was awesome. I, I bet that was, that was probably more satisfying than getting the money. And she says in the documentary, she's to this day, she is still <laughs> selling his clothes. She hasn't even <laughs> sold them all yet. Which is hilarious because now he knows like every time he goes like on eBay or something, he could probably find like his fucking yeah, jeans, his you know? shirt, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I know they mentioned they made a point of to mention in the documentary that like when the story first broke, these girls felt um obviously they were embarrassed because like their whole their whole thing's put out there. And then initially, like the online reaction to it was a lot of victim blaming, and it was a lot of like people calling them gold diggers, which isn't fair, but it's not unfair. Mm. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, come on. Mm. Why else are you, why are you with this guy? This motherfucker, you know, who he looks like to me, he looks like the, um, the, uh, the, the salt guy, the guy with this, the little stupid glasses that sprinkle salt on his elbow. You remember this? He went viral a few like, years ago. I think he's still around doing like stupid shit now, like on crazy foods channels or something where he does like stupid burgers or something. But he no. looks, like that guy. looks like that guy to me. Look, uh, the salt, um, I have no fuck. idea what you're talking uh, about. Salt Bay, Salt Bay. Just Google sometime whenever you get a chance. Salt Bay. That's what this guy looks like. He looks just like this guy. So I, I don't think, and he didn't come across as like particularly funny to me. I guess I don't. I, I just I don't see the draw. I I don't know. I, I don't well, get I mean, it. Like, I mean, other than his from, lifestyle, what was his what was his draw? I I'm sure it was exciting being around him. Well, I mean, yeah. I listen. I however it works out. I think I just watched too many of these, these documentaries where people are just getting horribly swindled or lied to by somebody who has a lot more money than they do and get cheated somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just felt bad for all the victims. I was like, man, I mean, that sucks. That's, I feel like at some point, yeah, you should have realized that this was bullshit. But then you also think like, not everybody's, overly smart you know like i mean that's there, i mean that's all there is to it some people aren't extremely smart. gullible extremely gullible yeah and you know bad things happen to those people i don't I, i'm not a, I, I don't feel anger towards those people that those no, things happen i'm no, just no, like no. yeah you fucked up and I, i'm sorry but like and the thing is is that these a lot of these people that get scammed it's there it's likely to happen again i mean let's be honest yeah i mean it's just because, and it's, you know, some people, these things happen to, and they learn from their mistakes and, you know, they go forward with life with just a little bit of that chip on the shoulder to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. And some people are just like, man, why did that happen to me? And they go forward and five miles down the road, the same thing happens. It's just, it's just terrible. It's, but just some people are just too. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but in my situation, oh, not my situation, I guess my, from my take on the situation. It's like, yeah, bad things happen to people, and that sucks. And that does yeah. this does suck. But at the same time, though, like they were participants in this. Like the, the yeah. Amsterdam girl, the girl who's, who did the clothes thing, per, uh, Eileen. I, I, I would say, like, I feel the I feel the sorriest towards her because, like I said, I think she was like genuinely duped. It seems like he spent the most amount of time with her, and you know, whatever. Fourteen like months. Well, like that first chick, though, it's like you Cecilia. you 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 
you you're showing like crazy behavior the, for your very first night you're flying international flights with him and his team and his baby mama and you're sleeping with them on that first night again i'm not judging i'm just saying like you can't do all that and then be surprised this guy is some living some extreme lifestyle situation you know what i mean like I, I just, she, she, she was too complicit in her own victimization for me to be like, man, she's a true, true victim here. Like it sucks. She got swindled. That sucks, but she's a sucker. And that's, I guess what I'm trying to say. Like she's, and yeah, yeah, she's, and I, and she's I'm, a sucker. And I'm saying that all I'm saying is that, yeah, she was a sucker. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to disagree with that. It's, but it's what's sad to me is that life hadn't gotten like life Hadn't slapped slapped her enough that she didn't realize how to not to be a sucker. I guess I, I'm looking at it like I guess. I mean, listen, she she committed a crime herself. I mean, flat out. Yeah. I mean, she committed fraud. She she was a a complicit party in fraud. She knew she didn't work for that company. She wasn't making that kind of money. She did. He, he convinced her to do that. That was a dumb thing for her to do. You know, she owned up to it. She told the credit company what happened. She's lucky she didn't get arrested. She's lucky she didn't get charged. Um, that's probably why she still owes them the money because they're probably like. Yeah, well, unfortunately, because you fucked around with us, now you are still going to pay back this money. You know what I mean? If it was, if she was like a true like fraud victim, like fraud victims don't have to pay back fraudulent charges. If you can prove that yeah. you were truly like, if your credit card gets stolen, you don't have to pay for somebody else's bullshit. But if you're a participant in the fraud, oh yeah, you're paying that shit back. Well, as Meatloaf says, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> and that's that's the takeaway, guys. Listen to Meatloaf, and the, I won't do that. It's it sends exorbitant amount of money is to your significant other well and and, and let me talk on this guy for a minute okay and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say this okay and I'll, I'll i'll be honest so we did we did reach out to this guy okay i, I actually i reached out twice so he he has a, a, an agent in hollywood and i reached out twice to, to the agent to try to see if he'd be interested in coming on obviously we're like this little peon podcast but you know, he, he publicly, he acts like he wants to like be able to clear his name and he says, this is all lies. And so we wanted to give him the opportunity to come on here and, and state his case. And, uh, we, you know, it didn't happen. So, uh, with that being said, fuck this guy though. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to bash him just because, uh, he didn't come on the podcast, but he, he is a piece of shit, but I will say I am very impressed with his ability to do all this. Like it's very interesting to me how somebody's able to pull this off like because this is this is just insane sociopaths man that's all it is yeah but i mean just okay so you're sociopath but just have the ability the ability to coordinate to to juggle this many balls at once is unbelievable i don't know how we his time i saw on twitter somebody post like his time management skills are like next level and if he would apply himself I was half just, as uh, much to like an actual legitimate like job or like an actual like a legal purpose, think of what he could do. I was just thinking, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, man, with somebody with that amount of like just kind of intelligence, and I don't, I don't mean to sound admiring of the guy, but obviously he's intelligent. Yeah, yeah. And motivation, you, you would think like if he put that towards legal things, he could do really well for himself. Yeah, he would do great. Now I know I don't know if he'd be doing, you know, Rolls Royces and Bentleys and first class everywhere. Maybe he would be doing that good for himself. So maybe that's I mean, the difference. But he could probably be doing that some of that sometimes. Well, it's not, I mean, it sounds like he's doing just fine right now, based <laughs> off of you know how it's going. Which is which is even crazier because like he's a known con artist. Like he's a yeah. convicted 
fraudster. And he's, uh, I mean, again, I'm not, I don't know. So I'll say allegedly, or apparently it appears that he has been able to continue his craft past his incarceration and the international coverage of his story. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he must be selling a lot of business seminars for $311 to be able to continue the lifestyle he's living right now today in the world. Yeah, dude, he is, I mean, it's impressive. It, I, I mean, again, I don't know. He's an asshole and he's, uh, yeah. he's, he's like a, he's a predator, you know, he's like feasting on vulnerable people and that's, that's shitty. Um, but you gotta, I mean, you gotta tip your hat to him in a way. I feel like we had this conversation about another piece of shit. Yeah. It was that, it was the guy in, um, the other, the guy in from, I remember the, the NRA, the Ireland shit where he convinced those college kids that the NRA was trying to kill him. And so he took him on like a, a, like a 10 year run around fucking, uh, like yeah. England and Europe. Listen, these guys are terrible people. You got You got to admire how crooked their brain, their brains work though. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's just, uh, I, I can't fathom it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't, I mean, some people can't like walk and chew bubble gum. These people have multiple people like in different hotels. Some of them like they're meeting in the same city at the same time. Like it's, 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 it's like a sitcom. <laughs> some of this yeah. shit. It's the guy going on two dates in the same restaurant, you know, kind of thing. It's unbelievable. So, but overall, overall though, I mean, listen, the documentary was good. I think it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a one shot thing. It's like, I don't know, two hours, a little short, two hours. Um, it's it's good. I mean, is it the best documentary I've ever seen? Definitely not. Um, but tickle is better. It's it's entertaining. I mean, also, uh, it is entertaining and agree. I mean, is able to you know keep me keep me keep me gripped for the entire uh, duration. So, so one to five beers. To watch it again. Uh, yeah, like for four beers, maybe something like that. I'm gonna need the full the full five. The full six the six pack. Full six. I'm sorry. It's it's one to six beers. Mm-hmm. Is what the um, I did the full six. I just it didn't really interest me. And then I was like, I think I'm watching too many documentaries where people are getting uh, scammed. Mm-hmm. I just feel jaded. I'm just like, this isn't like, yeah, this is terrible. But the last guy, you know, had somebody convince the NRA was after him. So that was pretty. That's pretty impressive. This guy's mm-hmm. just what was the NRA? Just, no, the IRA. Did I say the NRA earlier? The NRA is the yes, gun. I'm the sorry, gun IRA, not the <laughs> National Rifle The NRA. The NRA is after him. No, the IRA. The IRA. IRA. My apologies to the NRA. <laughs> the upstanding people of the NRA. Listen, they're already bankrupt. It's fine. You don't have to worry about them suing you. you can't afford lawyers. Oh, I apologize. It's all of but, our uh, NRA member listeners. Yeah, don't, I just... Don't shoot me. I, I didn't enjoy this one. I think we had to cover it because it was so so popular, it was so huge. huge I mean, yeah. people were watching, people were talking about it. We're probably a little late to the game, but you know, it happens. But yeah, I mean, um, I think we're I think we're cool on the the con artist documentaries for a while. Not let's, enough, let's, not enough blood, guts, and ass in this one. You know I, what I mean? I was just gonna say, can we can we pick one next that's about a murder? Yeah, can we get back so to like, a murder? Yeah, let's get some true crime in here. <laughs> I wanna I wanna hear about somebody that peeled somebody like a like a banana and then wore their skin as a coat i don't know something <laughs> i need a clean palette oh shit yeah yeah eh. it's all right so well uh everybody thank you for listening please subscribe rate and review special k once again it's great to have you back buddy yep thanks i love love being back and like i said i want to i want to I thank our special guests 
that Phil Dinlaw has gone to, and uh, they'll be returning. Um, I'm I'm back. I'm back now, but they're gonna pop in here or there um, if I need a break or if uh, Matt needs a break. But uh, uh, you guys are great. I'm very grateful for you guys stepping in, and uh, they'll be back on. Listen, you need to get your own special guests. Those are mine. Uh, I've got obviously, a few things. Obviously, Pickle is return. Obviously, Pickle is returning guest. So I'll count that as I'll count her as ours. Mm-hmm. And Scar also a returning guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have him next because he made me watch that shitty Mothman documentary. <laughs> and I have not forgiven him yet. All right, that was garbage, Scar. You know it. Um, but uh, the rest are the rest are mine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got I, I got I got some ideas. I'll I'll throw in Robbie. I'll throw in Robbie into mm. the mix. Just so you're uh, you know you feel like you won. Okay. But uh, yeah, well, as I said, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to us. Later!